podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. And that means, before we get into this, we're going to have to talk about our lovely ad partnerships, SeatGeek and MyBookie. Folks, you know the you know the drill. SeatGeek, it's one of the, probably the most popular and best uh, third-party ticket site available out there. And MyBookie, they've been riding with us forever. I mean... How much more do we need to talk about those guys? Exactly. If you go to SeatGeek, remember, they will grade the seat deal on a scale 1 to 10. They'll even even color code stuff. For those of you who don't like numbers, if you use promo code ACAA, you're getting 20 bucks off your purchase. My bookie, number one customer service in the game. You win, they pay. Promo code BOYS for the 50% deposit match. It's the best. It's the best. Let's start the show. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Happy Memorial Day, Scott. Yeah, it's the unofficial slash official. I don't actually know when summer starts, but, you know, no one actually cares about the real seasons because I think winter, they say, doesn't start till December 21st. Summer starts but on summer, June 21st, I believe. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. Really, okay, well, it doesn't matter to me. This is always the start of summer. Uh, but as you and I have been vocal proponents on Twitter, once you're above the age of, you know, 12, the yeah. summer sucks. It's, yeah, I just don't love it. I don't love it. I'd rather, I, I can see the benefits of it, but I just cannot stand the mugginess here and just being sweaty for 10 hours a day. It's terrible. Yeah, I hate it. Um, granted, both you and I have jobs that you don't get the summers off. If you got the summers off, that's awesome. Um so to all the student boneheads out there, enjoy your summer. To all the teachers out there, congratulations. Uh, honestly, you guys deserve the summer break. But uh, since we don't get it, I don't give two Fs about the summer, and I don't like it. If I had, like, a boat or a lake, somewhere to go, maybe. But it's too much. I mean, but even then, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about this too practically. You have to... <laughs> pay for the boat you have to do the upkeep and it's like it's true the best know, part is when you know somebody that yeah, has a boat exactly. and then you just fuck off and let them do everything yeah, yeah that's true so i i don't know i'm again not a big summer guy um it is what it is um but something fun about the summer um registration's closed but i'm out to be honest like legitimately excited about it this upcoming friday you and i both are going to be at kansas city wine company for the casey catbackers summer fest kickoff whatever you want to call it event um i'm super excited about it yeah we're gonna be wine boys yeah and you know we love wine it's been a while um it has been a while i've never been to casey wine co so hopefully it's cool um to all the boneheads if you see us as always come up say hi say what's up we're gonna have a good time and uh I'm really looking forward to partnering with the uh, Kansas City Catbackers even more and more. Yeah, we gotta uh, get a get a bigger youth presence here in Kansas City. We uh, we gotta all get together and start talking about the cats and hanging out and cheering on the cats. Exactly, no better way to do that than through 
you know, the KC Catbackers. Um, so, like I said, come and hang out with us. Um, another, you know, I, I started off this whole thing talking about how crappy summer is, uh, but we have the summer fest. But the thing now, officially, I'm the most excited about, and uh, we tease this on Twitter, we tease this on the podcast, but Bosco's boys have officially, officially been credentialed for Big 12 Media Days down in Arlington, Texas later on this summer. Um, how pumped are you for that? I'm pumped. It's going to be great. Um, my life at that time is going to rule. I'm just going to be on vacation for like 10 days, and then I, now I get to add that to it and just extend a, a long period of time where I'm not going to be working. I'm just going to be enjoying myself. So that one's going to be really fun. I know nothing about media days, really, and like how that's going to work, what we're going to do. It's going to be great, though, and I'm excited. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm looking forward to being down there, being surrounded by all the Big J journalists. I'm getting to hang out with, you know, our, our friends from KSO. Also, this has to make people so – some people so oh, mad. Yeah. Th- like, this is going to piss off. Like, there's like a handful of people that are just going to be livid about this, and I love that. So, it, 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 all in all, it's just like a great deal. This was <laughs> kind of always in the back of my mind of – being something that I wanted to try to get Bosco's boys at. Uh, so I don't know when the email finally came through that we, we were on board. I was pumped. Um, I believe, uh, you know, that means we're also going to get to vote on the preseason, all conference teams. I think that means we're going to have votes in the preseason media, big 12 (laughs) poll. Uh, so when, when we get closer to that date and I think, Technically, we have to keep all of our submissions uh, private until it is announced, but that I'm sure is going to be a part of the podcast. Um, what what I envision, and the, I had this in here, we can talk about this. Um, I'm hoping to bring you guys two podcasts that weekend back or that week back to back days, one after day one, one after day two. K-State's a part of day two, so that one will probably be a little bit longer. But day one, uh, you're going to have the state of the conference, uh, press conference with the commish. Um, and then, so funny. And then, yeah, and then five <laughs> schools. So um, I'm really excited about, like, maybe getting the chance to talk to just, like, other head coaches and just other players. Yeah, it's, no, it's it, be it'll, it'll be awesome. Again, I'm not – again, I, I'm not sure what the boneheads want, so I want all the boneheads to tweet, text, email, call – let us know what you want to see from those two Bosco's Boys uh, Arlington podcasts, and then we also get to check off another state where we will record a podcast from. Ooh, so that's, na- a, that's true. Now we will be Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, I've and recorded, Georgia. I've recorded in Colorado, too. Are you sure about that? Yep. Are you sure you didn't sleep through that? No, I recorded um, when I was in Breck last year, so we can add that. Remember? I had the – the, uh, who do we play? South Dakota. Oh, you did the primer from Colorado, yep. and that wasn't listenable. That was, was bad. It was like the quality <laughs> was so bad. Yeah. Well, but, but regardless, we, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it, it's getting it's it's getting real. Um, we're always going to be a fan podcast, but you know we'll uh, we'll pretend to be Big J journalists on these occasions, uh, so we don't embarrass everyone so much. So, um, without digging too much into it. Who, who are you thinking, if anyone, from K-State will make their way into your preseason all-conference team? Oh, preseason all-conference. Um, probably Reggie Walker will be there. Um, 
That's a good question. Um, I guess maybe a better question is, will you do enough research to feel that you're submitting a legitimate for team? For sure, for sure. I'll be ready. I mean, definitely, definitely. Okay. I'm not ready in this moment. No, I'm not, I'm not saying you are. I was just, I was just curious. Um, I, I'm thinking I, I'm 100% and I'm not going to do any research on this position. I'm putting the third leg man himself, Blake Lynch, as my preseason. I was going to say Blake Lynch as well. Kicker, yeah. So. Uh, I'm going to die trying, trying to make sure Blake Lynch gets that first team preseason all Big 12 kicker announcement. So, uh, again, I'm pumped for that. I think I'm even more pumped about being able to fill out a a sheet for the all-conference team and then the preseason poll. Like, I legitimately – like, I, I think I'm even more excited about that than the actual media day. It's going to be great. And is that going to open us up to – tons of twitter criticism which will be welcomed like you well know. yeah I, I think i might just like honestly if baylor wasn't like baylor if you took everything about baylor and put them like at texas tech or oklahoma state or something like that i'd probably pick them number one just like throw everyone for a loop because i think right now without thinking too much about it, i'm gonna do texas one oklahoma two i mean and then i think baylor's a dark horse so you know, it's kind of like those two guys who picked K-State number one in their poll last yeah. year. I, I'd love to throw that out there. And all of Twitter's like, who is the one guy who picked, you know, Oklahoma State? You know, I'm not going to do Baylor. Like, I hate Baylor. Um, of course. Maybe I'll ask Matt Rule, why are you at such a shitty institution and yeah. get kicked out forever? Yeah. Go out Never in a blaze of gold back. glory. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Um Stay tuned. Um, maybe we'll do even more from Big 12 Media Day. But I want you guys to let us know what you want to see, and uh, we're going to try to provide it. Um, next, some way less fun news. Um, Isaiah Zuber has decided to transfer. Um, you texted me, I think, WTF Zuber, and I was just like, oh, man, what happened? So I got on Twitter and saw that he was uh, transferring. So – you know, timing's a little weird. Uh, the guy graduated yeah. in December, um, so leaving now seems weird. What are your initial reaction? What was your initial reaction when you saw the news? Just why? Like, it's confusing, especially when you see I've, there was a recent clip where Kleiman was talking about Zuber and how well he was doing and how he was, you know, being a good leader to the younger receivers. And it's just confusing. The timing is, yes, it's weird. He graduated a long time ago, and he's gone through, you know, spring ball, winter workouts. It's just – it's confusing. And it's – I think it's a big blow. I mean, because we have now, I mean, one reliable receiver who is – not even really that reliable. Dalton Schoen, I mean, he's he's pretty good, but he doesn't – what we're going to be lacking big time is just the big playability, the ability to stretch a defense. And we knew that we had that in Zuber. And now we it's just a question mark, and I think that's – it's just going to make things tougher on an already thin roster and a first-year head coach, and it's just unfortunate. I wish him the best. I have no idea why he's leaving, but – had some good memories with Zuber. Um, he was one of our favorite guys last year, so it's just disappointing. But at the end of the day, these are kids, so I can't be like, "Fuck Zuber," you know, like whatever. He's he's leaving. He's 
It is what it is. He's making a decision for his future, and it's. I wish him the best of luck. I hope he lands somewhere good. Yeah, so there are some rumors, actually, that uh, he either maybe got in some hot water and it was more of a either mutual decision or maybe even a coach's decision for him to look elsewhere. We're not going to get into all of that. I think here on our podcast, for the most part, we've tried to stay out of rumors because these are still kids. These are still, you know, guys who are like 18, 19, early 20s. Um, so we're not going to go into all of that. So I don't think it's as clean as Zuber saying, screw it, I'm leaving. Um, and I think the timing really leads you to believe that. So um, we'll keep moving on kind of on this subject, though. Uh, during spring ball, Coach Kleiman, Messingham, almost the entire offensive side of the ball talked about how wide receiver might be the most deep position on the team. Now, Ryzen, you know, we're pretty confident saying he's not going to be playing. Zuber's gone. Um, how does that make you feel? You kind of touched about on it already. but I mean, I know. don't feel great about it. Last year, you know, even with Zuber and Schoen, and guys surrounding them, it was we had probably the worst receiving core in the in the conference, and now we're losing our best receiver and what we thought was going to be maybe our best or second best receiver. But it's just thin. It's a thin squad and a lot of question marks. I mean, Sean is. I mean, he's pretty good. He's, but I don't know if he's gonna be able to just bear that weight. He's the clear-cut number one for us right now just because of experience and we've seen him play football. Like, And then I think a tier below that has to be Knowles and Gill. But, you know, we've seen good things from, from both of them, especially Knowles. Um, but, again, they, we still don't know a lot about him. And then everything below that is just like, who knows? Somebody could step up. We could have some true freshmen come in. Young blood could contribute, hopefully. But it's just a big jump and i don't know it just puts a lot of pressure on on the running game i feel yeah i'm not as concerned i think i am less concerned than almost anyone when it comes to this because um we're only going to be playing two wide right. receivers most of the time anyways i'm hoping that the tight ends take a jump i think that shown you know he he is he is who he is he's not a superstar but He's solid. I think Gill will take a big step. Knowles looked really good in three of the four games. Uh, one of the four games was Snyder throwing him out there for two plays to block, which is still like stupid. Like I'm glad genius he didn't. move. No chess. No, not genius chess. chess move. I'm really glad he didn't burn his red shirt because I really think he might have a massive future. And then when it comes to like even younger guys, I am pumped for Youngblood and Garber and I'm definitely being prisoner of the moment but when this news broke Youngblood tweeted at Garber. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, and I, I, I what did he even say? Like, uh, now, it just had uh, like Garber's you, like tag and then it just had like the eye emoji oh, yeah, the eye. and well, then Garber very, responded oh, with and it gift, was like, right? yeah, yeah. He was like, I don't know, he's like, I'm yeah, always but, ready or something. Yeah, I'm always ready but like these guys, you know, who knows if they're going to have the physical capabilities to get it done, but you know, or the mental. Like, well, I mean, I, I'm like, saying, I mean, I think their mentality is there for a wide receiver. I want a guy in a wide receiver. If I'm recruiting a wide receiver, I want 
him to think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Any, I want anyone to think, if you're going to play at this level, I want you to be like, I'm the greatest of all time. Well, and and you have to have an elite mentality to play at this level at all. Yeah, but I, it is great for our situation and the wide receivers. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so I, I'm really excited for those two. They have next-level speed. They're not going to be guys. I, I mean, nothing against showing or some of, any of the you know guys on the team, but these guys have – legitimate game breaking speed which is something the entire squad lacks so i'm excited you know, for those two yeah my just and i i kind of align with you on this like just like our play style losing wide receivers is not the end of the world with how Kleiman likes to you know line up his offense but just my only concern is can we stretch the defense when we need to and maybe Sean can be that guy because he's shown that he's He's shown that he's got pretty good speed, like breakaway speed. He showed it at Texas when, I mean, he pulled away from their their backs in the open field for an eight, like an 80-yard touchdown pass. And I'm not saying that he's like a world beater, but he's got decent speed. He's not yeah, it's he's not, not treading water. No, you know? he's, no, no, no. I, I, I would probably mince, you know, definition of game-breaking speed. But, yeah, he's not – I mean, he's not like a just a generic dude. Like he he's playing at a power five level, even at K State for a reason. Um, and I would say that our receivers' inability to get open last year was more due to like route running and generic poor play call, like than than it was like ability. Because we know Zuber has that. Zuber had that speed, and even he was like, I can't get open for several games, several game stretches. Yeah, and I think when it comes to offense, I, I it's going to be a whole new It's going to be world, interesting, so. yeah. We have no idea. Yeah, so we're just going to have to wait. Roll wait. with the punches. Exactly. Um, the next thing we'll talk about news um, since we last recorded. Actually, I don't know if it all happened since we last recorded. It probably was because we, we sat on that Q&A episode for a while, so it's been a while since we recorded. So um, right after we – Stop or stopped recording like maybe a day later. It was announced that K State and UNLV were going to start at home and home, and then that we we're going to start off in Las Vegas. Um, before the actual date got announced, there was a massive contingent of K State fans, K State media. Everyone was getting super excited about going to Las Vegas. I know I was one of them. You had a tweet that almost plagiarized what I said like two hours <laughs> later. Um, so we were both thinking, hey, we are going to go to this game. Sadly, it was later announced that it's going to be on November 9th, which is at the exact the exact same night as the marquee football road trip of the year, and that's in Austin playing Texas. Um, so what was your first reaction when the game was scheduled, and what was your reaction when you saw the date? Uh, first reaction was like, um, let's book it now. I was very excited. I've never been to Vegas, so that was a perfect opportunity to check that box and do, yeah, do that. But it's tough now. I mean, I'm still going back and forth on which one I'd rather go to. I mean, for me, football takes precedent, obviously, um, just because, it, I mean, it's a conference game. It's it's more important. 
than than UNLV on the road or a November basketball game. It's far more important the Texas game. And but I'll, there's zero chance we're gonna win that. Yeah, I mean, we're, <laughs> I yeah, we're not gonna beat Texas most likely. Um, but both trips honestly would be a blast. I think they're both great destinations, and I'd like to check out one of them. I just still, I still personally still haven't decided. I don't know. Um, leaning towards Texas because it's more important. But I've been to Austin, and I think Vegas would maybe be a better trip. I don't know. It's just it kind of sucks. It's it sucks. There's no way to watch both games either. Like I, well, one ma- of them will bleed into the other for sure. Well, I mean, maybe it's an 11 a.m. game in Texas, and then a night game. Now, I mean, it's really. I mean, because I think Nevada. No, because so I, I know where you're going because you're gonna say maybe if you're dedicated you can make both. I actually looked into I it. I don't think that's possible. Even if it was an 11 a.m. game and say it got over at three, you the quickest flight you could get, even with connections everything to get to Vegas wouldn't be until after nine o'clock local time. So that's not gonna happen. All right, that's out. But I think the hope is. You know, and I, I'll say this: I'm like leaning towards UNLV. If one or two people say, "Yeah, I'm in," then I'm like probably booking it this summer, like very soon. Uh, so I'm gonna hopefully go to that. I would love to, you know, be at a sports book and watch college football all day, place a couple bets, and then head out to the UNLV game, hopefully for a night game. So that's where I'm leaning. Um, but it it sucks, you know. It sucks that uh, it worked yeah. out like that. Um, but it is what it is. It is what it is. So if I end up going, I'm more than willing to take payment from any local media folks, and I will write up a story from the game. So uh, I bet there will be a lot of people that go to Vegas. No. No. No, You don't think so? There was a large media contingency that went to the North Dakota State FCS championship game after uh-huh. Coach Kleiman was announced as our head coach and skipped a Big 12 basketball game versus Texas Tech on the road. So there is no way they're going to skip. I just meant, oh, I just mean like fans. I feel like there will be a decent amount of fans that are like, oh, oh no, let's go to yeah, Vegas. I think there will be fans, but I think you said media. Maybe not. You I'll might have been back. talking about media and I jumped no, in. Yeah, but. it doesn't matter. But uh, that is what it is. Those are some topics. We're going to finish off with – a few questions. Um, I think it's been referenced on this podcast a couple times, but I'm helping out and uh, having fun with the KSO guys, specifically Matt Hall. I've given him over 100 questions for him to answer this off season. He's doing one a day, and I'm sure there's some that uh, he won't even answer because I give him about you know 15 to 20 new ones every week. So he's had a lot of fun doing those. Um, I think you guys really should, if you're not at KSO, you really should be at this point and see what he has to say. There's always a lot of good discussion on the message board about these questions, but I took some of my favorites that he has already answered and we are going to go through some of them. Grant, are you ready? I suppose so. All right. So the first question we're going to go at, this is question 28. I think he's at 29 or 30 so far. So number 28 what is the one position group that K-State football needs to perform at its potential to have a successful football season? Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I mean, I'll go first. I think I think it's undoubtedly the offensive line. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was going to go second. <laughs> that's I, okay. Go I, ahead. Well, yeah. So offensive line, uh, it, it, I personally believe even more than – 
quarterback. If you have the number one offensive line in college football, you can do everything. You can pass. You can run. I think it's even more important than quarterback. Yes, if you have an elite quarterback with a good offensive line, then you know the ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan said it. But if you have an elite offensive line, it can make an average quarterback look great. It can make a below-average running back look all-world. So with all the uncertainty around the skill positions, if the offensive line lives up to its potential – I think we're going to get back to a bowl game this year. I agree. That would have been my first answer. It's undoubtedly, I think, the most important position in football or position group. Um, Without that, I mean, you can do virtually nothing. You could have Michael Vick as your quarterback, and it's not going to matter. I mean, he's not going to have time to throw, and he's just going to be – I don't know. We can't run. You can't run with the bat if you can't open holes. So, what would you think the second most important would be? I'd say defensive line. Uh, I was going to say secondary for um, us specifically. Yes, because I think the defensive line, while there are times that they underperformed, if you look at the Pro Football Focus stuff that they've been tweeting out, our defensive line actually got pressure on quarterbacks. Um, White Huber was close to the Big Twelve lead in sacks. I think they were okay last year, uh, but the defensive backfield just wasn't up to snuff. I mean, it was our pet peeve. I mean, playing off Our the interior ball, D-line was just bullied yeah, for that is the true. entire first half that of the is season. True. And I also – also, something that has to go with it is I don't know what the quote-unquote potential would be for the interior of that defensive line. I know some folks really like Trey Deshaun. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So I like our ends, but I think we have some dudes in the defensive backfield. Um, yes, you lost Duke Shelley, who's been starting for you on and off all four years he was at K-State. But I I don't know. I, th- I think that you have some po- a lot more potential for a higher ceiling back there. So that's what I'd said. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I just think last year was a good case study to sh- – like highlighting how important defensive line is if you can't win in the trenches and it doesn't matter you know who you have behind them like they're gonna running backs are gonna have all this time and and to build up that momentum to get through those holes and it's like if even if you have elite linebackers jumping in and filling those holes some of those holes were so big it didn't matter like we couldn't stop anything so it starts in the trenches on both sides for me question 25 which is our second question I want you, for your own personal feelings, power rank the kickoff times for football. Okay, so there's three slots, basically, right? Mm, I mean, sure. So I'll just like a lot more than three. Sure. Um, (laughs) Like, are you just going to ignore Thursday and Friday night? So I was going to say, yeah, I was going to like throw that in and say, are we going to do off days too? Yes. Okay, that I didn't. I don't have anything prepared, but I do like those days a lot, so I'll throw in a little. Well, we can just have the disclaimer. You like Thursday? Do you so like? Do you view Thursday and Friday night games the same? Would you yeah. put one above the other? Uh, I would maybe lump those two together. All right, that's fine. So, so you like those? Now I do like those. The three. Okay. <laughs> um, so number one for me is the two thirty p.m. kickoff time. What is happening outside? 
I don't know. Anyways, 2.30 p.m. kickoff. That's the sweet spot for me. It's the point in the day where, you know, you can get you can sleep in a little bit and still have ample time to tailgate. Um, I think it gives people enough time to get a good buzz in it. You can have, like, the feeling of a primetime atmosphere. I just feel like that's probably the best time for me. Um, two, and I think, so I'll just say night game, anywhere from 6 to 8 p.m., that kickoff time. That, you know, from an experience standpoint, that's got to be number one, right? I mean, it's a major, but it's just a major commitment. (laughs) So, you know, you're losing the entire day to football, which, you know, is not a bad thing. But the older I get, the tougher these games get. Like, if we were having night games every weekend, it would be real tough. But um, we haven't, I feel like we haven't had a night game for 10 years. We've had like one. It sucks. Saturday night conference game in the last four or five seasons. The last one I can remember is TCU, like in Baylor, same season. Which I think those were both, if not both, one of those. Baylor was was a Thursday. Thursday. Baylor. So I think. I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. One of those was a Thursday. Oh, my God. That game was like dead but um night games hand down hands down best atmosphere but you know it's a big commitment and then the 11 a.m game i don't think it's wholly and innately terrible um but people hate it and it's probably last on my list um you got to get up super early if you want to tailgate um the atmosphere is probably the worst and but the positive side is you get to go home and watch football for the rest of the day but a caveat to that is if you lose, you don't want to watch football for the rest of the day. So Thursday, Friday games, I like those a lot. Like I loved – I love when we do like a, like one game where – just one game of the season we get that prime time slot like a Thursday night. I would put that – I'd put that above – I'd put that three out of four. So that's, that's ahead of my 11 a.m. game. But, um, yeah, that's it for me. What, what say you? So if it is a home game, I would say that I would go night Saturday night game, Thursday night game, two thirty and eleven. Um, if it's away though, I want it's like the inverse. Give me eleven, two thirty, seven. I don't if if I'm not going to be in the stadium, I don't want to wait all day. I'm going to start getting nervous. I want I want so the true. game. <laughs> I want the game immediately. And then if it's not a home game, then I don't want Thursday or Friday night. If it's a home game, that you know, that forces me to take a vacation day on that Friday, maybe even Thursday afternoon. And I like that. Like force me not to go to work because <laughs> I I'm I'm really bad about using my vacation time. I'm I'm a very dedicated employee for better or worse, so uh, that, that'll force me to take a little time off. So that's how I would rank them. But, you know, I, I think if we would have night conference games more often, I don't think I would have it that high because I'm an early riser. Like, I texted you at yeah. 6.30 this morning, and that was like sleeping in for me. So 11 a.m. games don't bother me. I very rarely tailgate anymore, so that doesn't really bother me. So I, I don't mind those games. Um and I actually think an under or an overrated slot, even though I had it above 11 a.m., that 2.30 game when it's a home game, you don't get to see a lot of football because you're leaving right as the 11 a.m. games are kicking off or before they kick off. And then you're getting home, say it's like a three-hour game. If you're getting back to 
Kansas City, that's going to be two and a half hours with the traffic. So, you know, you're missing kickoff of the night game. So, I mean, I think 2.30 has some more downside to than what some people try to say. So, that's how I would have them. Um, Fair enough. The next one, question 24, what are your top three can't-miss football games this season? The original question was five, but I'm going to make it a little tougher. If you – we're writing out a list. Three games that you can't miss this season. What are the three? Um, for me, <clears throat> I would probably go number one, KU, the Sunflower Showdown. I think there's no denying that this is going to be a must-see and, well, overall at least very important game for both programs. Two first-year head coaches needing to put their footprint basically on the state and winning the game would be a good statement for the fans and i think it's a lot of it's going to be a lot of fodder for like local recruiting for the winner i think both coaches will feel that they absolutely need to win this even though you know Kleiman takes the approach to we don't circle games but i i definitely think he knows the significance of beating KU so that's uh, that's going to be a scary game i'm not going to i'm not going to lie i'm going to be sweating through that entire game probably Two for me is Mississippi State. I think it's an interesting interesting game. First road game of the year and the second leg to you know, the, our Mississippi State series, which was dominated by them last year. And I think it will be interesting to see how we compete. It's our first, you know, compete at a higher level of competition after our first two games. And it's really our first true test. I think we'll have a group of guys on the team that will feel like they have – will have a revenge factor. They're going to want to avenge – a tough home loss last year on a national national um what is the word spotlight i guess stage. stage that was the word i was looking for thank you um but mainly for me i think it's gonna feel like Kleiman's first game coaching you know it's first game it's a road game against an sec team our backs are probably gonna be against the wall a lot during that game and i'll just be very interested to see how how we fare in that and then three i think oklahoma state um I think it has a lot of entertainment value, and it has a big swing game value. So let's say we're 2-1, and one, first game in the conference. The conference has that clean slate feel. Like, you know, you could have a, a bad non-conference, and then you start 1-0 and in conference, and you see that 1-0, and and it has, like, that has value to it to me, I think. Um, because overall, in the in a certain scheme, in a certain grand scheme, um, the conference, you can take that, like, especially for next year. What is our goal? I don't know. For a program like K-State, could be to win the conference. And it's like, if you're 1-0 in the conference, then those non-com games weren't as important. But um, also, it, the swing game value, you know, if we're – that's just going to be huge. Like, we dropped two in a row. It's going to be tough, man. We got two back-to-back tough road games early on, like – Two and two versus three and one, or hell, even maybe four and zero, oh, well, could and, be massive. And then all of a sudden, you lose that game, and you got Bay- you, Baylor and TCU. So like two quote unquote winnable games. All of a sudden, whew, I mean, it'll be interesting. You, if you can pull off that Oklahoma State game, it, w- it would be massive. Um, so I like I like your list. Um, I, I have not been really 
up to date with like these questions on KSO. So I hope I'm not stealing anything. No, you're you're not stealing anything. And I made sure that first off, I asked Matt these questions, so we can do whatever we want. Oh yeah, sorry true. Matt. But uh, second off, these are all ones that <laughs> that have been answered. So uh, right, so I'm hard. saying I hope I'm not doing like the exact same thing. But well, I, I mean, hey, it, it's it's our own perspective. So we have difference. We have some differences. My number one game is actually West Virginia. Um, when it comes down to it, like, I think we can all safely say that post uh, Seth Luttrell, it, it basically was Neil Brown or Coach Lyman. So the fact yeah. that Neil Brown is now in the conference at West Virginia, um, I think every time those two play, there's going to be – you know, just a steel ball on fire in Gene Taylor's gut. Um, and I, I think hopefully Coach Kleiman doesn't also carry that pressure, but I, I, I think it'd be hard for him not to. So that's number one for me. And honestly, as long as both of those guys are in their jobs, I think that is going to be the number one can't-miss game. Um, number two is going to be Nickel State. It is truly the beginning of the Coach Kleiman era. And he was an FCS coach who has a history of beating Power 5 teams. So you would think, you know, shoes on the other foot now. How is he going to prepare for it? How much is he going to show in that first game? I mean, <coughs> how many times in Snyder 2.0 did we see him struggle with that first game? I mean, it happened, you know, almost I feel like every other time. <laughs> Even in one of our better years. That 2011 Eastern Kentucky game, man. I remember after that game, you and I walked back like to wherever the hell we walked back, but we were walking past like I don't know the wreck, I guess, and just like this is going to be the longest year. Oh yeah, well I don't remember that. So I remember it so, very well. So kudos on you for having a good memory. Um, so and then the final one for me, number three, will be that KU game again. They're getting a fresh start. Um. You know, how many times have we seen KU come in with a new coach? And that is their Super Bowl. Um, it's their Super Bowl every year, but that first time a new coach for KU plays K-State, he'll have sound bites about how, oh, they're going to turn the tide and all this type of stuff. And it's been, you know, Mangino is the only guy who's had any success against K-State in our lifetime. We've seen, you know, five or six other guys fail at it, so – uh, Les Miles is definitely going to be yeah. up for that. KU you know, fans are already up. I mean, KU fans are already circling that game. Um, yeah. Players are circling the game. I mean, that truly – I mean, you know, you would think that with a new coach that they, w they would say, oh, hey, you know, if we somehow found a way to win two or three games in the non-con, maybe we could, you know, get to a bowl game or talk like that. No, they're talking about how, oh, hey, it doesn't matter what happens as long as we beat K-State. Um, so they have this new found, not arrogance, not confidence, but hope. Energy, I mean. Yeah, energy. So, I, it, it, and it doesn't matter what happens that season up until that point. They could be 0-8 going into that game. And they're still going to be looking towards that game, hoping they can beat K-State uh, for the first time in over a decade. So uh, it is very important. So those are my three games. And you know the, just like the character that Les is – is going to add some value to that matchup. Like, it's going to add buzz for sure. It's, I'm going to be terrified. That game's going to be scary. Yeah, it is going to be <laughs> scary. So, uh, number four in question 23, and 
this is probably my favorite question that I've asked so far. So, does K State end up being better off if Bill Snyder does take the UCLA job at the end of the 1995 season and Bob Stoops is appointed as the head coach at K State instead of him leaving for Florida to be the defensive coordinator? Great question, by the way. Um, this deserves like some serious time to chew on, but. I mean, if, if you want to chew on it, I can my, talk through my thought process. My problem is, I really like this question. My problem is that there's just no guarantee that that Stoops would work out. You just don't know that. You know, he did turn Oklahoma around, though, when he arrived. And Oklahoma and was worse when he took them over than a hypothetical 1996 K-State squad. Right, and the, you know, the roster that he would have had to work with at K-State was very good. But I still am hesitant, you know, um, to make it happen because during that time, you know, that was truly – there's like a train outside. I, I don't yeah, know I what's happening. I think your washer or dryer, someone put like – Oh, my <laughs> God. It sounds like there's just a cinder block in my washer. All right. I'm going to have to deal with that shortly. But uh, this is the golden age of K-State football, you know, 96 to – Oh three. So how can I say? How can I realistically sit here and say that someone else would have been better than the best I've ever seen at K State? Ready, I'm ready just, for me to I play just, devil's advocate because I think I this like devil's advocate on this scenario because I can see, I can totally see it, but I'm just not ready to like. You know, when I see, think of this question, it's like, am I Thanos? If I snap my finger, am I just? Do I have the? Do I have the confidence that you know Bob Stoops? would take us to another level. Am I willing to snap my fingers here? And I'm just not – I don't have that commitment. Well, he, here, here's the thing. I look at it as from 96 to when Bill Snyder retired. So, so 05. Yes, 05. Okay. If you look at that time frame, Bob Stoops had a – in this scenario, a three-year – you know, he, he was behind – Bill Snyder had a three-year jump start on Bob Stoops. And in that time frame, from 96 to 2005, Bob Stoops has a national title and I believe two or three Big 12 titles in that time frame. Bill Snyder has the one Big 12 title. Everyone can in the one major bowl, or I guess two major bowl ones because Cotton Bowl and Fiesta Bowl. Mm -hmm. If you look at that time frame and guess, there are the countless double-digit one seasons, amazing moments. At the end of the day, and this takes nothing away from the greatest turnaround, because at this point, K-State is up and running. What does it matter having another 11-win season and ending up in the Holiday Bowl? Like, at the end of the day, yeah, that's cool. But it, you don't you don't hang a banner for 11 wins. If you bring Bob Stoops into that situation and roll the dice, all of a sudden, not only do you have one of the best coaches in the history of college football, but he's not coaching at Oklahoma. And I understand, like, you know, folks are saying, well, how long would he stay? I, honestly, if you give him the keys in 96, he still has the staff that recruited Michael Bishop in 98. I imagine he'd probably stay for I, four or five years. Yeah, I mean, I, at least. I think. If not longer, I I just think that now you're not dealing with him in, at Oklahoma, which then turns to be a thorn in our side, not only for the rest of 1.0, but you know, 
up until this day. Like, what is if you want the butterfly effect? What happens to Oklahoma in that time frame? You know, know, maybe they never really turn it around. Maybe they never become more than what Oklahoma State's turned into. Um, I know it's hard to say, but you know, they they picked up one of the greatest coaches. They handed off the key to one of the best offensive minds. Without him being at Oklahoma, I mean, what happens to them? So I I'm definitely doing I I'm taking the You're risk. Thanosing? Yes, 100% without mm-hmm. hesitation. The thing that pushes me towards the snap, the yes, I will do it is we know that Bob Soups has gone the distance. He's won a title and he's he he's has established been himself to play for more. as he's been yeah, he's been to how many did he go to? 3 total? Maybe 2. They lost to uh Florida. When they, they lost to Tebow. I think who cares? But knowing that he's gone the distance, I think they lost to Tebow in 07 or 08. They lose two in 03. LSU. Okay. Um, so they've gone to three titles. He's won one. He's got countless he Big 12 titles. And that's what makes me – but it's like at the time, I mean, you don't know that. But I, I know, guess but now knowing what you know now. Yeah, and, it, and it's also the, – the way I asked the question was would K-State be better off? And I, I would say – Yes, I, and cause I don't I, think I'm looking, you're I, stupid to say that or like yeah, inflammatory. F- first off, I 100% do the snap. I'm taking the risk, and I think we're better off because fact of the matter is, if you look at where we are right now, we're not in a good place. Like again, I, I don't, and I brought this on myself because I picked <laughs> this question, uh, and I didn't plan on going through this, um, and I, and I promise eventually I'm gonna stop. Being mad at Bill Snyder, but we're n- we are in a worse place now than we were when he left the first time. Hundred percent, and we are indisputable. In, we're in a worse place now than when Ron Prince left. We're not in a good place right now, so I have a hard time believing we'd be worse off right now if Bob Stoops or I mean anyone took over in like ninety five because. Bill Snyder staying as long as he, we're we're in a bad situation. Yes, maybe we don't get two thousand two. Maybe we don't get 2003, but I don't know, man. Maybe, though. I mean, this is a whole other universe now. I mean, yes, it is a whole You and I universe. could be dead. We could have yes. gone to the national title, gotten a car accident in Boston. We're not even talking yes, about it, this ever. Yes, all sorts of weird stuff <laughs> could have happened. All sorts of weird so, stuff. So, yeah, I take that happened. into account. <clears throat> but, again, Bob Stoops, I think, is – I, I mean, like he, that. Like I, He can win at the high – he won three – Big 12 titles, 2000, 2002, and 2004, all while – trying all to think of who won the other ones. Nebraska. K-State. K-State won 03, obviously. Texas won one of them Texas later. Texas won more of those. Whatever. But, but I'm so, not, I don't but think so, you're like – I just think that Bill Snyder, amazing coach, one of the best coaches in the history of college football, great turnaround, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, he ended up winning in this time frame only one in 1.0 and one in 2.0. You can't tell me that rolling the dice in 96 season on with Bob Stoops, you can't tell me that we're not better off now. We maybe don't win more. So I just. I'm not like. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you there. It's. I mean, the, it's the a, turnaround was already complete. Like, there was no. I, after the 95. Yeah, we season, were literally. The, we were. It about to turn- walk comfortably into our stride of having the best ever yeah, team. So th- I mean, because the argument everyone has is, oh, 
Bill Snyder, best turnaround program builder, all that type of stuff. Nothing needed to be built. Yeah, so nothing you're, you're needed to be turnaround. You're telling me that Stoops takes over in '96. He's there. He's not leaving before '98. I mean, no. he's not going to leave before '98. You're telling me that Stoops at the helm can't win, can't win that title. Let's can't win a title with that roster in '98. All right. I'm snapping the finger. I mean, because goodbye, Bill. We we know <laughs> we there is enough proof that at the with the most talent on the field, one of those guys has one more than the other. I mean, everyone can like point to 03 and all that type of stuff. Oh well, what about blah 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 blah? All right, but what about everything else Bob Stoops has done? Bill Snyder had that one magical, you know, game that got a real trophy. Bob has. A lot more. So that's the question. I think that's probably going to get us more hate than we've probably. It's a fun question. It's a fun question. Uh, I don't think a lot of folks will like how we answer that. I don't but care. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, question 18. Uh, if under a new ESPN Plus deal, which happened, they asked KSAHD.TV to give them two pieces of ongoing original content, what would you like to see? This is a very Scott question here. Oh, I love like th- I loved asking this question and I loved answering it as well. So, I love the idea of like a panel show, but that is not an original thought. So, Matt's answer was great there. That would be amazing to have like a panel of guys similar to like I don't even remember around the horn. Around the horn, yeah, that would be awesome. But I'd love to see like more docu series or like a continuation and like in more in depth all. All In is one of my favorite things that I've watched maybe ever because it just gave you the opportunity to, like, become intimate with, like, those guys. And, like, it made me far more invested, which may be stupid. But it's like, oh, I feel like I know these guys personally, and now I want them to win even more. So, you know, obviously you'd have your bread and butter shows like All In and a football documentary where those could be, like, longer episodes and – I don't know. It'd be great. I'd love to see an all-in for football. But also, I think it'd be fun to get inside looks at programs like baseball, volleyball, soccer, all that, et cetera. And just that would be great because I think it would give people more incentive to support those programs. You get to know the players. You get to know the coaches. It just gives you an opportunity to support the teams more in-depth than you're already supporting them. And then this one, this is stupid. I just was like, I don't know what to answer but just a full-on like k-state golf channel where they just follow them like the golf channel and you can just watch their entire season like you're watching like the pga tour but they just cover like only k-state golf i would love to watch that because i love the golf channel and i feel like that'd be great just watch k-state golf all day napping on and off while they're playing a three-day tournament hopefully they get better because yeah, sure, but it, it'd be fun to, to get to know them, too. So my idea, I just came up with this um, off the top of my head. I'd call it K-State History Book, where it would be like, you know, the first season, it would be like in-depth, like 45 minutes to an hour on the history of, and then like a, something obscure when it comes to K-State, like the birth and renaissance of the two-tone jerseys. Um, go all in on Wabash Cannonball. Bosco the dog, like obscure, like small niche things that even Wildcat like, March. No, fuck Wildcat <laughs> March. Um, but just like these obscure things that even like a 
K-State fan, not hardcore, but just a regular K-State fan, might not know everything that went into the history of. Uh, so that would be my first one. And then my second one would just be a – so they do a pregame show. You know, our fr- friend, friends of the show, Brian Smoller, Travis Tanhill, Reggie Walker, uh, John Kurtz, a lot of folks are on it. But I would like a – just a less buttoned up version because they're literally in suits. So like an hour lead into them just from like the student lots, just like on the top of like an RV, just three dudes just talking about a little buzz. Like, you know what, what I would, I wouldn't even want it to be, I would want it. Matt Hall has stuff going on in the game, but I'd like to see Matt Hall, a couple beers in with like D Y and Flando just, breaking down the game so I, I on top and like students are throwing beer cans at them and just you know almost like the infield of Ta- talladega type thing so that's what that's what i would do i like it uh so number 16 this was question 16 and it was worded differently on kso because it was a much friendlier uh family friendly site but fuck mary kill the three big eight schools who left the big 12 in nebraska missouri colorado and the parallel was drawn to say, bring back to the conference, play in the non-con, and ignore forever. So, fuck, Mary kill those three. This one's easy for me. Um, fuck Missouri occasionally. Mary Nebraska, kill Colorado. Yeah, I was on the same board. Bring Nebraska back occasionally and play Missouri, and I I don't give a shit about Colorado. No, me Sure, either. it'd be fun. Like, Older trips would like, be awesome. It'd be fun, but, like, Columbia and Lincoln are, like, not even like less than half. The I time. can't believe I've never gone to a Missouri game. Like neither have I. It's like how have we did we not go to that game? It's like f- three hours away. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, so the next one, rank your personal top five K State football wins, and this wasn't part of the KSO one, but top five basketball as well. Still don't have these, but I'll start with I'll do football first, and then you can do basketball first. Okay. So top five K-State football wins for me, like personally, just yes. the ones I love the Whatever most. Whatever criteria you want. So number one was 2003 OU. It was just like, finally, finally we won the Big 12. We won a championship. We've got a meaningful trophy. And it was just fun to beat the piss on a, the national stage of the the best quote-unquote team of all time. No one believed in us. Everyone knows the story. I mean, it was just, that was so enjoyable. Number two, it's a game I think about all the time still, is 2002 USC. Coming off a 2001 season, I was like, is K-State ever going to be good again? Because was, I was just terrified. Like, man, we just went 6-6. Six and six. This, I don't know what this is like. like I'd kill for 6-6 six and six this year. So would I. I. But, I mean, my whole formative years where it was like, K-State was, okay, we're going to win 11 games at least every year, it seems like. And we had a just a bad – Bad 2001 season, and USC rolls in. You know, they've got a Heisman Trophy winner, I guess, at the time. Yeah, he won it that year. Yeah. Um, no one thought we were going to win. The atmosphere was incredible. Um, it was just a really fun game. So that's, I guess, two. I feel like these are really in no particular order. I'm kind of just pulling them out of a hat. But three, I'll put 12, Texas. Winning the Big 12 at home was just a great time. It was a fun coronation, really, to cap off a great season. Um, Got to slightly wash the bad taste out of your mouth from the Baylor loss. Um, It was just a fun celebration, and anytime you can win a championship and a trophy secured at home is a great time. 
Now these next two slots are blank. Um, let's see here. Favorite games. Wins. Favorite wins, yes. Um, up there, I, I mean, 98, okay, easily. Uh, 2000 in Nebraska, the snow game. That game ingrained into my mind. That's the first time that I, f- I think, I could be wrong, first time Willie goes up on the press box and does KSU. I don't have any memory of that prior. I don't think he did it in 98, but I remember that being like blowing my mind as a, a nine-year-old thinking that this is insane. The atmosphere was great. It clinched a, a technically got us a trophy, clinching the Big 12 North and sent us to the championship um, to get us another shot at Oklahoma, which we know how that played out. Um, but that was a great game. The picturesque picturesque white field it was great that game was amazing and then i i would be remiss to not throw in 98 nebraska uh that was amazing but i feel like i don't remember it well enough so i'm gonna throw that out i disagree i've thrown that out uh 2000 cotton bowl tennessee that was fun it was freezing but it was fun like it felt like it was on a big stage um i got to meet kevin lockett like I th- he was a big time celebrity to me in my mind at that on that trip, and it was fun beating like a big SEC school where people I remember picked us like like we're not gonna win, and we went in there and cla- outclassed them. So that was a fun, fun, fun time. All right, so my basketball I would go O five number one O five K State KU and Allen Fieldhouse, uh, just amazing. I mean. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure we'll beat them in Allen Fieldhouse again before I die, but I have no idea if I'll be there. Uh, it was amazing. It was the first time I, like, had memories of beating KU in basketball. It was the first time in a long time. Just had a ton of fun there. Uh, number two, it would be beating BYU and Jimmer Fredette in the round of 32 in Oklahoma City. Um, and all mine, like, for them to be my favorite games, I had to, like, be there. In I'm trying person. to do that, too. So, uh so those are the top two easily in basketball. Number three would actually be the coronation of the Big 12 championship this year. Sure. Um, just an overall fun environment, even though we didn't score like the last five minutes of the game. Uh, it was just it was just a lot of fun. Um, there was a, literally a five-minute period where our players were doing nothing. Like, yeah, it, it, they were just waiting to celebrate. Um, number four, it would actually be Jacob Poland's senior night. Um, he just went off, kissed the Paracat. You know, I'm a freshman. Such an up-and-down season, but that also kind of cemented that we are going to get into the tournament. And then number five, I'm going to just have it as a tie, 2011 and 2014, beating KU both those times uh, as a student, rushing the court, uh, just having a lot of fun. So those are my top, I guess, six basketball so I won't use the rule of I had to be there. No, and, and no, that's just my personal rule. I kind of like, felt the same way, but that throws out two of my very favorite games. That's fine. That's so, fine. You do you. Um, I'll have to say, and this is really in no particular order, um, 2007 ending the streak, I was there. That was like one of – that was like the second K-State basketball game I'd ever been to. Like, And I got to watch us beat KU and Michael Beasley, and it was just incredible. Um, 2010, I believe, 2010-2011 season, beating KU, Poland, dropping 38, the the birth of the LFG moment, the GIF was somewhat born that day. Um, 
a lot of beating KU. Uh, t- this year, beating KU was fun. Um, probably my favorite KU game, to be completely honest, because that, that was a lot of fun. Um, um, the Cardi dunk was just that is. I mean, that's my second favorite sports moment, maybe ever. Like being there in the building for that sixty seconds was amazing. It was electric. Like I complete mayhem. Like yeah, I. I, there's and it meant, it meant something. Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. put us to. That was a big game with yeah, yeah. a lot on the line, and it that won us the title. Really, I mean, yeah, it no, was great. It, it definitely is amazing. But there's just something different about those KU games and the Agreed. student section. When you're not, when so. you're there, it's different. Like when you're a well, student. I yes, mean, yes, yes, yes. Um, four, I'll put Oklahoma, the coronation, the feeling of that day was just had a good feeling of togetherness that. It seemed like K-State fans have been missing the last few years, and it was just like, Bruce did it, man. He got a second title. You know, he it, it came together. He turned it around again, and uh, it was more of like I felt so good for, like, the staff, and it was just a celebration. The whole day was a great time for those three seniors, and they got to go out on senior day <coughs> with the Big 12 title, and Bruce got his glory. He got his spotlight finally, and then tied for tied for last is the two just amazing Sweet Sixteen games, beating Kentucky and and the Xavier game, which is like even today, like people universally love that game. Like the Xavier game is like just the entertainment value of insanity, but it does still like hurt me. Also, that at the one same hurts time. me far more than like the Kentucky like game. <laughs> well, the Kentucky game. Well, no, I mean you still get joy. I mean the the Gus Johnson calls, Jacob Poland, Danny Clemente going off. But, you know, unlike, you know, the Elite Eight game versus Loyola, the fact that we were up, like, at the under four versus Butler. Yeah, and then tough. you just ran out of legs. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that if we just win that game in regulation, we're beating Butler. So, that's still – It hurts a little hurts. bit, yeah. But what a game that was. Yeah, and then my top five basketball or football, I still do remember the 98 game. Like, that's truly my first vivid memories of anything, not even just being sports, just that game. Uh, I I do remember it. Um, so that's my number one. Number two is Texas 2012. Number three is the O2 Holiday Bowl. Uh, had a lot of fun with my entire family that actually was on my 11th birthday. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Almost got stuck in Mexico and missed kickoff. So that's a story for another day. Number four, um, I would say number four might be that like quadruple overtime versus Texas A&M in 2011. The, uh, you know, the season of the cardiac cats. Um, and then number five. Man, number five. This is when it gets tough because you have all these like fun games. Twenty eleven has so many good games. Yeah, I I think I might go with number five because this is my, you know, category of hey you had to be there. Might have been Iowa State in two thousand twelve away. Uh, I was in their student section and we kind of had to fight back. And uh, Iowa State fans were like their typical self. I had stuff thrown at me and like it was amazing. I loved. I love beating them and having them cry. So, I think that – honestly, that's a horrible number five. <laughs> that's honestly really bad. No, I I mean, eh, I mean everything in 2011, 2012 being a student in that time frame probably could be in there. But 
is what it is. I've said what I said. I regret it, but I'm not going back. Um, final question of this episode. This was the first question that kicked off the 100 question series over at KSO. Again, if you're not subscribed over there, check them out. They're having way more fun in the offseason than anyone would expect. But if you could add any fictional football player or coach to the 2019 football team or staff, who would you choose? You go first. I'm going with Smash Williams from the TV show Friday Night Lights. Uh, dude was a beast. Um, he he roided up, so you might have to <laughs> you might have to find a way to pass a drug test. But man, dude was electric, and uh, we could you know use an electric running back. So that is mine without hesitation. I'm going Rod Tidwell, Jerry Maguire, elite NFL wide receiver. Um, I think we're going to need a wide receiver now. <laughs> That's actually so really good. I'm going with a deep threat. Uh, Rod Tidwell, show me the money. Let's go. That's perfect. Um, that concludes our first uh, summer podcast. I mean, we've been in the off season for a while, but you know, it is the summer. Uh, stay tuned. You know, lots of fun stuff happening this summer. You know, check out Seat Geek and my yep, bookie. My bookie. Uh, Seat Geek, A C A A, all caps for twenty bucks off, and my bookie is Capital Boys for fifty percent deposit match. If you're out coming out to the KC Catbacker event this Friday, check us out. We'll be there. Yep, love you guys. Meet me at the cat head. I know you're right, I'm gonna miss me when I'm gone. I know you're right, I'm gonna miss me when I'm gone. Gonna miss your baby from rolling in your arms. I lay down last night, could not take my rest. I lay down last night, Lord, could not take my rest. My mind was wandering like wild geese in the west. The sun's gonna shine in my back door someday. The sun's gonna shine in my back door someday Harsh wind's gonna blow all my cares away
I'd shine my light through the cool Colorado rain. I know you're right, I'm gonna miss me when I'm gone. I know you're right, I'm gonna miss me when I'm gone. Gonna miss your baby from rolling in your Network.